Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, it is a stock watch episode, but focusing on the wide receiver class. There's so many wide receivers that we have watched over the last couple of weeks and even going back to the summer that we wanted to give you a little update on those guys. Some names that you have heard before, they were on our rankings. Other guys, we are bringing to the show for the very first time. It's a lot of fun. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers joining you for a stock watch midweek episode of the podcast, which today we are focusing on wide receivers. We know y'all got takes. We see the takes. Everybody watches college football and they see the guys on the end of those pretty throws and they go, man, who is that guy? I need to learn more about him or maybe you already know about him and you just want to see him in the NFL already. So we're going to talk about a lot of those players. I got five wide receivers I'm bringing to the table. Connor is bringing five wide receivers to the table as well. So we're going to give you 10 jam-packed players with tons of information. Could be guys we've already mentioned. Could be some new guys, some new names that you'll be hearing on Stock Exchange for the first time. Connor, how you feeling, my friend? Good, man. Fun show. Obviously, today it was good to get back into kind of like a catch-me-up session of tape i i got to watch a ton of wide receivers that i didn't watch over the summer but are really having themselves a nice first month of the college football season and i say this all the time i feel like on this show around this time of year but it's my favorite part of this process finding new players yeah that they're just they pop so much in the data and tape that they deserve some love and shout out to the comment section. I, some of the guys I'm going to, at least one of the guys I'm going to talk about today. I've seen his name in our comment section multiple times. Um, it's just great that we have this community of people that are just as into scouting as us and bring new names to the table. And I, I do have a, I have a, a name or two that are familiar names, but there's definitely a discussion to be had. So this is everybody loves the wide receivers, man, whether it's dynasty reasons, whether it's just you, your team needs playmaking help. This right. is, I feel like, the group that everybody loves to get involved in the scouting action, and so do we. Yeah. So there's there's one player to, you know, just to talk about the um, the guys who are bringing to the table for the first time. There's one player that's on this list that is an FCS dude that I did not know at all before. I had an article that was coming up this week that's actually out now over at PFF.com, and it was ranking five FCS risers or guys that you should at least know for the 2024 NFL draft class, and I'm like damn, I really haven't looked into FCS guys at all. So it kind of forced me to go over to the FCS tab and notice some players who are standing out, some guys who could have NFL futures. And there's one player that we will bring to this list who is even an FCS guy that I definitely wanted to shout out. So um, I will let you take the floor. I will let you set the tone with whoever you want to bring up. It can be a name that we've already talked about, or it can be a new name. Uh, I'll let you start this one out. Who you got? It is not a name we've talked about. And if you did bring him up, I apologize. I don't think we have. And I think a lot of the a lot of the general, whether you're a college football fan, whether you're into the draft, whatever it may be, are now aware of this guy because everybody's watching Colorado every single weekend for good reason. Oh, and this guy caught my attention playing against Colorado. There and that's Tory Horton from yeah. Colorado State. And honestly, yeah. Trevor, Here's one that I'm uh, admittedly a little ashamed of. Torrey Horton in 2022 had 71 catches for over 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. Mm -hmm. He's a preseason Balikinoff watch list player. 
I didn't get to him this summer. It, it just, I mean, and listen, man, we purposely made our wide receiver show ridiculously long. I ranked 20 wide receivers this summer. Ranked 20. I know you, you, I talked to you off the show a couple of days ago and you're like, dude, I'm, I'm at like 35 right now. And, <laughs> and then I threw 36, dude. And I threw another name at you and you're like, I haven't watched him yet. Why are you doing this? Like <laughs> that's that, going to be the worst. That's going to be the worst part of this show is if is. you bring somebody that I don't have on my list, I'm going to roll my eyes and be like, I got to right gotta back watch at this you. other guy. It's, it's going to happen to me. Um, quite clearly. Tory Horton was, has really good tape from 2022. And then yep. you watch him in 2023 and there's just a confidence this guy plays with that it stands out to me i mean so he's got 35 catches already for over 300 yards and three touchdowns you know against colorado he he caught 16 passes for 133 yards he was a volume machine in that game by the way he's he has these 35 catches and over 300 yards and three touchdowns in just three games this year, 10 catches against Middle Tennessee, 16 against Colorado, nine against Washington State. Yeah. Horan's a dude that and keep in mind the volatility that Colorado State has dealt with at quarterback. I watch him play and I'm like, this kind of feels like my this year's Cedric Tillman. Right. And not that high. I, I, I had Tillman as a top five wide receiver last year. I think the star talent and depth of this class, it's going to be really hard for a, a a guy to just jump into the top five. I'm not ruling it out, but when you look at all the talent at the top of this class, it's just going to be really, really tough, but it still means something with how he's playing the strong mm -hmm. hands, the body control. He's a physical player. He's a confident player. Uh, he understands spacing. I just watch him play and I see somebody that's really, really reliable. He's a senior. So I would imagine he's going to be a frontline senior bowl guy. He yeah, deserves to I gotta, be. I got to think so. Right. Six foot two, looks like he can play at 200 pounds. I know they list him 187. I think he can add more weight. He's got length. Um, I, I honestly think he has some of the strongest hands in the entire country. I really, really do. When you look at some of the grabs he's made, he when he catch when he has catching uh, run opportunities, he's like, I'm just going to run through you. And sure, you love these guys that are elusive and and playmakers and fast, but there is also something to a wide receiver that's like, cool, I'm going to stiff arm you and pick up five more yards by just getting upfield. I don't always need to make someone miss. And also, this is a side note just because it's fun. That th passing touchdown he had against Colorado is one of the prettiest skill player throws I've seen in, a, <laughs> yeah. in like a really long time. I mean... Yeah. It's it's better than any throw I've gotten to watch on Sundays at my other job this year in the Jets <laughs> offense. Damn. So damn Tory Horton, man, I, I'm a big fan of just this dude's play style. And in, I'm not saying he's a number one or a number two at the next level, but he's the type of cat that like like we're seeing what Puka Naku is doing with the Rams this year. Right. Sometimes right. you forget the dudes that are just smart tough and catch everything last on NFL rosters because coaches and quarterbacks love those guys. And that's Tory Horton's game. I mean, he could be a two at the next level, man. I watched him too. I've, I've watched yeah. him over the last week and a half, and I agree with a lot of what you're bringing to the table, man. He's a little bit of a high-waisted, tall, skinnier yeah. runner. And when that's the case, like sometimes when you get these guys who are leggy, as they'll say, they just got a lot of legs to them. It's tougher to sit down and sink those hips and really be able to chop the feet in the hands and turn on a dime. But 
Gordon does it pretty well, man. And, and like you mentioned, he's got a really nice catch radius. He's strong at the catch point. Um, he's a former three, three, uh, three sport athlete played three sports in high school, played football, played basketball. Yeah. Um, and he played baseball. So I think the dude's just a natural athlete. Yeah. He's at 190, So he's a little bit slender. I wonder if you can get him towards more of like a 200 playing weight at the NFL level. But even if he can't, man, I think that we're seeing some smaller, skinnier receivers in the league be able to thrive, especially when they're not asked to be number ones. Right. And I think that's an important part of the conversation too, is we've had some smaller receivers come out over the last couple of years um, and they're still really productive pros because a lot of times they're not asked to stand on the line of scrimmage. Like a lot of them are able to be Z receivers or slot receivers, and they don't have to go up against press. And when you can do that, you can kind of manipulate um, some of these smaller guys and get them to put them in really advantageous situations. I think that Horton's got a got a really nice skill set, and I'm uh, I'm glad that you shouted him out. Somebody else who's been balling over the last couple of weeks, who I I simply had to watch over the last week is South Carolina wide receiver Xavier Leggett. Yeah. Did not know anything about Xavier Leggett going into the season. Really didn't. Sporadically used in South Carolina's offense. Um, you know, he really, I'm, I'm looking at his receiving grades now. From 2020 to 2022, so over a three-year span, he did not have a receiving grade for a whole season above 60 so like he just never been a, a, a super standout player last year they kind of used him as a td guy so he, he at least had a career high in touchdowns he got three touchdowns last year this year it is so night and day right now he leads the country in receiving yards he's got 568 receiving yards and that leads the country he's got an 84.0 receiving grade 215 of these yards are coming after the catch. And when Juice Wells went, I don't want to say went down because he's still kind of like in and out of the lineup, but like Juice Wells had a foot injury that he suffered in camp and he's not been right since. He played in the first half against UNC, but he really didn't do much. And then they had to take him out of the second half. Same thing against Georgia. He tried to play in the Georgia game and then they ended up having to take him out after he scores his touchdown. And so I'm like, man, who are they going to lean on? Who do they have? And Xavier Leggett has absolutely shown up. Six foot three, 227 pounds. This dude is a supersized wide receiver who is not only a monster at contested catch situations, he's hauled in six of his eight contested catches this year, and they are impressive six catches that he has brought in in those situations. If you watch the uh, Mississippi State game this past week, his first big play, they hit him on an in-breaking route over the middle. They get him, Spencer Rattler hits him right on the money in stride, and he destroys the angles of everybody who's going after him. And I read that he was clocked almost at 23 miles an hour on that it. run. We're talking about a guy who's 6'3", 227 getting clocked near 23 miles an hour. That's Miami Dolphins players right. categories of speed, which is nuts. So Leggett, it's it's almost like, what do you do with this guy? Because he has more receiving yards in these three games that he has played than he had his entire career up to this point. He's got more production at the beginning part of this season than he ever has combined up to this point in college football. Now you go, is this going to be a fluke? It might be, but I will say this. 
just watching the broadcast of South Carolina and Mississippi State, because I was watching that game on Saturday too. The uh, play-by-play guy, I think it was Tom Hart who was on that game from SEC Network, he talked about how they spoke with South Carolina coaches who said, I've never seen a player improve as much as Xavier Leggett has this past offseason. Like, work ethic-wise, production-wise, what he did in the spring, what he did in the summer during camp, like, they were blown away. And so people on the coaching staff, not exactly surprised that he's going off, but I think people around the country, certainly I was, very surprised to hear this name in the way that I that I am right now. And I, I'm going to be honest, man, like, this dude – you could put him in the top 10 of this loaded wide receiver class right now from what we've seen already this season. You really can. Now, you'd like to see some longevity with it, but like, damn, the strength, the size, the speed, it, he is showing that it's all there. So I kind of don't give a damn that we didn't see it right. before because we're seeing it now. So this is a dude who has a ton of athletic potential, can play a lot of different spots for you. Um, and I, man, the rest of the season, if he stays healthy, we could be talking about this guy as a top 50 pick in this loaded wide receiver class. I mean, I, I'm glad you brought him up. It just freak show when you look at the physical, the physical ability this guy has at that size. And I, I was reading about him, you know, just the fact that he played quarterback his senior year of high school and he was yeah. a big, he was like a, in a run heavy offense. He's just an athlete. Right. And maybe cause I feel like Trevor, whenever we find guys like this, you're always looking for the why, which maybe that's, you know, sounds wrong to some people, but this is a fifth year player who, as you said, with the grades and the overall production, hasn't really done much right. for the program. And you look at him physically and you're like, okay, I mean, when they list him 6'3", 227, and you Google him or you see them take the ISO shot while watching the games, I mean, it's not DK Metcalf, but it's like, it's pretty scary. I, I'm I I'm I didn't want to say I no. did not want to I didn't want to say that name on purpose, but a lot of what he does now is similar to the Metcalf, I should say like the Metcalf plan. Okay. Everything's yeah. on a vertical stem. It's a nine ball, I don't miss. it's a post, yeah. it's a it's a comeback, right. or maybe it's a slam. But that's about it. Like he you're not getting super creative with him no. with these double moves or asking him to really sink his hips or whatever. You're asking him to be Big, tall, strong, fast. And he goes, okay. And that's what we've seen this past year. Exactly. And that's enough sometimes. I mean, even if this dude doesn't figure it out at wide receiver, and this year he has, he like he's going to be a big-time wide receiver prospect. This is also like a dream special teams player. And he's played a lot of special teams for South Carolina where yeah. you're big and fast and you can handle multiple roles on return teams. And I just... That speed, I was blown away when I saw that play because it's like this dude is this. The green line is starting to come on for this dude, and it's late. And to go back to the why, everybody's got a different road. I mean, if you weren't always a wide receiver or, or maybe it just took you a little longer, when that physical ability is like this, he's somebody that, I mean, we're watching really, really closely right now because you, it's the type of player that like when you watch that one highlight and then catch up on him for the rest of the season, it's... I remember this conversation around DK and it's not that we're comparing him to DK, but it's a, it's a similar trajectory in terms of like a lot of people will be like, well, can you really just do that in the NFL? Like be a three route guy. 
when you're 6'3", 230, and you could run in the four threes, the answer is yes. The answer is absolutely yes. So, Xavier Leggett, man, it's... I'm really glad you brought him up. He's maybe one of becoming quickly one of the more fun, unique stories of this draft class now. All right, so who you got next? All right, so next I'm going to go with somebody. This is the player that I said I've seen in the comment section, and I finally got to watch his entire season, and that's Jamari Thrash for Louisville. We Thrash. Got, I'm glad that you're bringing him up. We've gotten a lot of comments on Jamari yeah, Thrash. Yeah, and they're right. Him too. Credit to them. They really are. I mean... The, this dude could play. He obviously, he transferred from Georgia State this year. He's coming off a really big season for Georgia State. He um, led the Sun Belt in receiving yards with over 1,100 last year. He caught 61 passes. He had seven touchdowns. Um, he broke Georgia State's single-game record for receiving yards with 213 against Charlotte last year. He just had a monster year at Georgia State. And then he transfers to Louisville in the classic case of you know, can this dude do this now at a bigger program? And the answer is definitively yes. I mean, the and it's also amazing what he's done with the lack of volume, right? He's played in their four games, and he only has 19 catches. But on those, so he's averaging less than five catches per game. There's math for you today. How do you like that? Mm. But they told me there would be no math. They said there'd be no math. Well, here you are. I mean, Trevor, he's got 400 yards. He's averaging over 21 yards a catch. And when you watch the tape, it's, I mean, here it is with Jamari Thrash. Double moves king. The double moves are crisp and yeah, he'll clean. He'll kill you. He'll kill he you. Will, he will, basically, if you flinch, and he's not, this isn't Tutu Atwell, by the way, in Louisville's office. Shout out to Tutu Atwell, who is having a great breakout season for the Rams. I'm happy for the guy, man. Of course, yeah. When there's nothing else other than to be happy for him. It's just, it's funny, the journey that we've been on with 2 I mean, what is say? Worst draft point. pick of all time, and now, like, what are we, two, three years in? We're like, eh? It is also yeah. funny. It's like, this is pretty late. Usually by now, you're like, it's just not going to happen. And yeah. all of a sudden, it's happening. Anyways, Thrash is listed 6'1", 185. He is a lighter guy. He looks like he's playing in, you know, high 170s, in my opinion. He can absolutely fly. He can absolutely fly. He's lethal with the ball in his hands. The feet are so, so quick. It is so hard to get a hand on him. He's incredibly elusive. He tracks the deep ball, and he has been feasting on corners with a double move. And Louisville likes to run with him where they kind of send a running back in like a sprint out of the flat, and Thrash will be running some kind of vertical concept on the same side. So if the defender is caught in between of picking up the running back or thrash, or they just get caught peeking, he's gone. He's absolutely gone. And once again, like it's not a gimmick. It's just that he's that fast. They can do that with him. So if you're looking for a vertical deep threat, a guy that can make plays with the the ball on his hands off of really any kind of concept and, and has NFL feet, like this is NFL footwork and quickness from Jamari thrash. I mean, people are really, really going to like him as you see what NFL offenses are doing. Shout out Tank Dell. Tank Dell just had a really, really big weekend for the Texans. You see how the Ravens use a flowers. You see how Mike McDaniel uses all of his skill players in Miami. Thrash fits this era of skill player that can be slender. But when you know how to utilize him and keep hands off him in motion or you play him out of the slot and you give him free releases, that kind of speed and that kind of footwork on the deep routes 
and that kind of ability with the ball in his hands where you don't want to just surrender those free touches to him because he can make you look foolish in space. I mean, it's going to play at the NFL level. Yeah, he is. He's somebody who um, I watched over the last week as well, because a lot of people in the comments were like, hey, you got to get eyes on this person. Yeah, they're like, hey, um, morons, it's week four and you still haven't watched Jamari Thrash. And I'm like, he is. Touché. He is man. He's good. He's a, he's, he's a really nice athlete. And again, you know, you get a guy like Tutu Awo who gets drafted as high as he does. You know, people are always going to covet speed. And so I think that um, I'm going to have him in my top 100 uh, when the next yeah, big comes out. Um, and so he's, he's, he's definitely going to be in there. And I'm glad that people had us watch him. It's funny because there was another player. Somebody um, gave me a tip on a wide receiver who is now at Georgia state. And I had watched Jamari and I was like, Oh, okay. So he was at Georgia state before broke some records. There goes to Louisville. We're seeing him now play really well against this other competition. And then not too long after that, I, I go, wait a second. I'm watching another Georgia state wide receiver in Robert Lewis, who is the guy who is now playing the Jamari thrash role for them, if you will. So Robert Lewis, he's having a really nice year. 81.3 receiving grade. He's got six explosive plays of 20 yards or more this year. Five foot 11. They got him listed 185 pounds. I wonder if he's 185 pounds. He might be a little bit smaller than that, but 25% of his targets this year have gone for more than 20 yards. And so this is the big play guy in Georgia State's offense. Now, the difference between him and Thrash is thrash you're not worried about the long speed you know he has that long speed to him when it comes to judging robert lewis versus an nfl caliber scale i wonder if he's like the burner that you would want him to be because he's super subtle the the footwork is great the body control is great i think that he can stop on a dime he's a really nice route runner he's got a ton of shiftiness to him but then some of his best plays are when he's able to burn his guy off the line of scrimmage because he can handle press in that way. You know, he'll hand fight you. He'll chop the feet. He'll get right by you. He'll create that even or separation right at the line of scrimmage. And then you're just seeing him get vertical. He's been able to capitalize a ton against the teams that Georgia state has played, but can he do that at an NFL level? They played UConn and he did the same things against UConn. So that gives me some hope here, but that's really my one question with him, because if not, man, You've got a really nice guy who could be, I think, a back-of-the-depth chart player for you, a special teams player for you, a specialized deep threat, like whatever it is. I think um, this guy can be one of those labels. And so this isn't somebody who is probably going to end up in my top 100, but it is a day three guy that as you are, as you guys are going through your mock draft simulators. And as we start to unlock more rounds in the mock draft simulator, where you're doing your day three stuff as well, we know everybody loves to pick up wide receivers late, you know, even if they're just simply specialized guys and Robert Lewis feels like a potential deep threat guy. Even if, uh, even if the long speed, I'm still questioning a little bit, he knows how to get open deep. And so I think that's a skill set that uh, really impressed me with him. I love it. I love it. That's somebody that I got to get eyes on for sure. I've seen him pop. Um, obviously in our system of wide receiver grades, but also just numbers, right? Like he's one of those dudes comes up, pops up in big numbers. And it is interesting. I didn't even, when I saw him pop up, I didn't even think when I was going to talk Jamari thrash today, that who's the new Jamari thrash or that Georgia right, state yeah, offense right. is doing something right over. with this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's no, it's true. It's always good to keep an eye on the pipelines of college football. All right. My third guy, and this is yet this is my last player that I, I haven't talked about on the show, hadn't watched for the show. 
and it's just i mean it's insane what this guy is doing in terms of highlights chris lewis he is a wide receiver for troy he oh, you is son of a gun. I haven't a, watched him. A transfer from Kentucky. What are you doing to me, Connor? Now, Trev, he's only a redshirt sophomore. So maybe I'm jumping the gun. All right, I'm not watching his ass. But <laughs> but you should, if you like to be entertained, you should. Because okay. it's like this kid just grew up, and after watching the Odell catch at MetLife Stadium, went in the backyard and is like, how can I replicate what he does Every day of my life, every every single time the ball comes my way, yeah. it is he's wide open and he's purposely like stopping two yards short just so he could go up with one hand. There is one funny catch that he's open and he does he does look like he's about to do the leap thing and then he, he realizes like the corners not near him and he can just not catch the ball with two hands. Yeah, it's I like, noticed it's like, it. It's like an eight yard curl route and he's just open between the zone, but he stops and just puts one. It'd be so great. This dude. You know why I wanted to talk about him today? I'm so interested in him because when you look at a wide receiver from Troy that's making some of the freakiest catches in the nation, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, how do we, how how did this happen, folks? Like, well, let's get to the bottom of this. Chris Lewis transferred from Kentucky, and he was a big time recruit out of Alabama in the 2021 class. He was one of Alabama's top ten players in the state that year. He was a four star recruit. He was second team All State in high school in Alabama for basketball. This, this guy was like a legit, okay. All right. legit high school basketball player um, out of the state of Alabama and Pleasant Grove, Alabama. And he was also obviously just an amazing high school wide receiver as well. So he ends up opting to play football at college instead of basketball. He chose Kentucky, um, said he felt at home there, you know, yada, yada, on and on. And it didn't it didn't ultimately work out because it feels like his redshirt freshman year. He had an ankle injury. He missed the second half of the season and it kind of just killed his momentum there, which is a shame. But the good news for him is that he's found new life at Troy and it did not take very long for this guy to get going. And Mm -hmm. week one, nothing going week one for him against Stephen F. Austin. Then he gets on the radar because they play Kansas State week two. And he hasn't popped with stats like in those in the last three games, he has 12 catches, 245 yards and two touchdowns. But when you look at the catches, the sky is making. I'm telling you, Trevor, they are the craziest catches in the country on a week by week basis. Like it's not like he did it once or did it twice. He's literally making this craziest one handed catches every week in the country right now that don't even make sense. And you. I'm I'm evaluating the traits too. He's 6'4, he's 204. He's he's got this like gumby stretchy build. It feels like he's got arms that could just touch whatever ceiling of the room he walks in. He could jump through the ceiling. Like I I don't know if this dude is just going to blow up so much at Troy this year that he opts for the NFL. He might be a year or two away throughout this process or maybe he even transfers back up. Who who knows. But just looking at the athlete he is and the ball skills he has it is absolutely ridiculous the talent packed into this guy. Well, while you were talking, I just saw the Kansas State catch, and it is indeed bonkers. bonkers. So now I have to what? Now I gotta watch his tape. Now I gotta do it. But you'll enjoy yeah. it so much, and it's so quick because he he just he hasn't played a lot. It's a quick watch, but it's it's truly like I've had some guys in the league because you always think like, oh, we do things differently than them. They're probably so like. I've had guys in the league that like they'll watch five plays of a guy and they like freak out. They're just like us. Don't make right. a mistake. They are just like us. Chris <laughs> Lewis is the 
everybody is just like us guy. Like you yeah. just watch him and you're like, this guy fucking rules. I don't know when he's going to be a prospect, <laughs> but I will always root for him no matter what, because he is a trick shot artist that, um, that is just making some insane plays. Just from the Kansas state catch alone. Now I'm, I'm going to have to watch. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, before we get to my next guy, got to shout out our friends over at fabric, you know, fall is the time for getting back into routines, whether it's a back to school routine, um, if your parents, you know, whether it's, you know, getting back to the work routine of the last couple of quarters of the year, it's all about getting that routine checklist, but the most important task on that list should always be securing your family's financial future. That starts with life insurance and fabric by Gerber life makes it quick easy and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to get you high quality, surprisingly affordable life term life insurance in less than 10 minutes. They've got great flexible policies that fit your family's budget with quality policies like million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then you can apply when it's convenient, all online, all right for your schedule. You can go from start to cover in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. So join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes over at meetfabric.com slash NFL slash stock exchange. No NFL. We're just going stock exchange. That's meetfabric, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash stock exchange. Policies issued by Western and Southern Life Insurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting. All right. The next guy that I want to bring up. Three more, right? Yeah, it's number three for me. Michigan wide receiver Roman Wilson. I don't know if you've watched any of him lately. This I watch year. them every week. So on broadcast, the answer is yes. Sure. And and he's just like, he's having a fantastic year. Right. Now, I, I'm I'm still debating like what kind of an NFL prospect he is because he's five foot ten and a half, buck nine. And that size unfortunately shows up in different strength parts of his game. He tries to block his ass off whenever he is asked to do so. But you'll see is like, all right, he's just a smaller dude. And he will go up for some contested catches. And sometimes he comes down with them. Sometimes he doesn't. You just see like the lack of overall weight and strength and height kind of go into it. But man, this is a really good football player. I mean, there are so many times where J.J. McCarthy, you'll feel a little bit of pressure. The play's kind of breaking down. And you could tell he immediately looks Roman Wilson's way because he knows that Roman Wilson is going to do what he needs to do to get open. He's going to be able to shimmy and shake the defenders. Uh, he's going to be able to find that soft spot where McCarthy can find him. And I just feel as though the smaller size certainly lends itself to being a really nice separator in the slot. And I think that you see that from him. He's got some decent deep speed to him, but he's had that shiftiness. That's what his bread and butter is going to be. But for somebody who is just really standing out, I can't remember if I mentioned this, 85.0 receiving grade so far this year. That's a really nice number. That's consistent play every single game that he's been out there for Michigan, some strength deficiencies to him, but like, man, he's just such a productive dude. I don't know if it's the Puka Nakua trend where it's like, man, if you just find players who are smart at this, he broke get, our brains, Trevor, who get, who get the position, who know where to right. be in order to help out the offense that has value. And so while people look at Roman Wilson and say, all right, he doesn't really measure up to what an NFL type of wide receiver usually is. I feel like he's going to have a place at the next level because, again, he is doing all of the little things right. Now, how effective those are when the competition gets bigger, faster, stronger, okay, maybe that part's a debate. But at the very least, kind of like what we talked about with Leggett, 
Roman Wilson's going to be somebody who's going to give you his all every single play. And I think that that could be a back end of the depth chart guy for you. Maybe it's an early practice squad kind of a situation for him. But like, I I think that this dude uh, can have some sort of an NFL future, especially from the production that we're seeing from him this season. Yeah, I, I noticed it on broadcast, and I admittedly haven't just done a study of him on tape, but I noticed it as well. That reliability, the I think the thing I'm not struggling with the most, but looking for more than ever. I just did a my Big Ten tape breakdown I do every every week for NBC Sports. I did a Mecca Buka this week, and nice. and it's just I'm looking for guys that understand like their spatial awareness and tempo and coverages and how to help a quarterback. And I, it's just, it's really a nuanced part of scouting this position because it's, yeah. you turn the, as a football fan first, you turn on the tape and like Xavier Leggett, right? You're like big, fast, like awesome. Like all that stuff will always matter at, at the absolute most, but you do go through this NFL process where you're watching another sector of wide receivers that are having success that could have been super average athletes or super average size or whatever it is. And there is this total other aspect of the game that is all kind of in between the ears for yeah. the most part. I agree. So, I, agree. I think that. that, I think that stuff matters. And, and, and here's the thing. Un- unfortunately for those types of players, there do seem to be a lot of those. And the guys that we actually end up talking about that are of that skill set and of that mold it kind of needs to be a little bit of right place, right time. Like you're hundred you know, percent, right. The wide receiver room probably can't be too solidified. You've got to be able to show out in training camp. You got to have a coach that really believes in you. No question about it. But when those opportunities do present themselves for as all around of a player, as Roman Wilson is and the effort, especially that he gives to the position that could be for him. So I think he's a day three dude. Um, could be a practice squad guy, but somebody who's having a really nice year needed a really nice year to stand out in a stacked wide receiver class. And I wanted to give him a nod there. All right. So my next guy, I didn't have him on my preseason top 50. You did. He's had some of the biggest flashes in the country. I still see some inconsistencies in his game, but I mean, just off of once again, physical ability and the flashes he's already had. Like I, absolutely see why you had him as a top 50 player now and i'm caught up on keon coleman from florida state yeah i mean right you just look and honestly even some of the games that he's underwhelmed i also think that offense has had its moments where i'm like they're better than this whether it's Mm -hmm. been some problems at quarterback you know there's just a few different things there with coleman man he's already got six touchdowns this year he is just the classic at 6'4", 215. We talked about him before, another guy with a basketball background. He's just an, another classic case of somebody that can play above the rim and can make a play for your quarterback and can make the spectacular play for your quarterback. And I think another thing with him, in a very busy Florida State offense of pass catchers and running back talent and tight end talent, like, I don't know if Keon Coleman needs a thousand yards this year for me to say that he's going to be a top 50 player. Like, right. it's all it's all there on tape in terms of what he can do with body control in the air, winning when covered. There are nuances of his game that I would like to see improve. But man, he's just a talent, right? Trevor, I think that's what we look at. He's just a talent. I know you really liked him when we built our big boards. And now you see the transfer at Florida State kind of paying instant dividends and 
I totally get it. Yeah, he's an NFL player playing college football. Right, right exactly. That's that's kind of the reason why he was as high as he was um, on my initial top 50 is because you don't get to say that about a lot of players, right? Yeah. I mean, you we, we could sit here and, and we do, and we have a good time doing it, saying like, man, this is who this player is in college. How do they translate? Will this still be a strength of their game? Is their weakness going to be too glaring for them? Like, we have a, t- a lot of those conversations with players. There, It's not very often you get to go, yeah, it's an NFL player right, right. there. Yep. And and to me, that's Keon Coleman. And and I agree with you. It it has not looked perfect this year, but the big moments and the takeover moments and certainly the strength moments of his scouting report, we have already seen at the highest level in some big games already this year when his team has needed him. So uh, that to me, I, I echo that for you. I'll give another name that we've already talked about on the show who I'm bringing up in my rankings, Romo Dunze. And, and this yeah. is somebody who, when we went into our wide receiver rankings, when we watched these guys from the summer, you and I kind of had the conversation of, and, and I think I admitted this at the time, I liked Odunze. I didn't love him. And, and I tried to tell myself like, man, is it just because he's gotten so much publicity? Like, am I being right. too hard on this guy because I've heard so much about him and he, he wasn't like Megatron out there? But I still stand on what I saw last year from him and really wanting him to be stronger at the catch point. Like his whole thing is Odunze is a rare combination and he is of size, speed and strength. But I felt like I did not see the strength portion of it enough, whether that came to him being an imposing blocker, him boxing guys out at the catch point and him coming down with contested catches. Like I just did not see that enough from him last year i saw some of the speed portions of it but i don't think he's a crazy burner you know i saw some really nice wiggle and body control for a player who is of his size but the thing that was going to round it all out was being able to say those two things but also go and he's one hell of a dude at the catch point this year he is and contested catches they're not always a stable metric i'm not going to sit here and say like it's biblical it's it's the be all end all even for guys who don't separate super well well you like to see it you know you you would like to see it in those opportunities especially when you go back and you watch the moments on tape you'd like to see him be able to come down with some of these catches and and he just he is at so much higher of a level this year washington's offense is going to the moon and every week it just feels like michael Penix is throwing for another 400 yards but odunze is a massive reason why it's because Penix has somebody like this to throw to. And so now I really am seeing, I feel like the best version of Odunze. And that the strength part of it to me is really important because this game gets really difficult with some of the best and strongest athletes in the world when you make that jump to the NFL. And if I feel like you're not dominating with strength in a way that I would like to see you do consistently at the college level. Sometimes I have a little bit of reservation because guys have gotten, there have been some really talented players that just get washed out. Yeah. You know, I, the, the one that, you know, the two that, that go, I go back to that were big scouting misses for me were JJ Ortega Whiteside and Kelvin Harmon. Kelvin Harmon's a little bit different because Harmon did win a lot with strength at the college level. He just couldn't win with, enough else at the NFL level, but Ortega Whiteside 
I didn't pay enough attention, I think, to just how strong he was. Because going back to it, it felt like he was just winning with size at the college level. And when guys got way stronger in the NFL, it overwhelmed him. And so that kind of that that part of it worries me. I did not take seriously enough how strong these grown ass men are at the pro level a couple of years ago when I was evaluating those dudes. So Odunze, all that to say, I'm seeing a lot more of it from him this year. I absolutely love it. And when you plug that into his scouting profile, the rest of the things that he does at what you know, six foot three, 215 pounds, whatever he's listed at, um, you gotta love what you're watching. So he is somebody who has been a lot of fun to watch this year because I feel like we're seeing the best version of him. I'm with you all the way. He finished as wide receiver five for me over the summer. I mean, he's probably in the conversation right now for at least wide receiver four or three. So he's only gone up. I've seen him improve. I'm with you all the way. I had some concerns with him out of the summer, but saw the size speed that just that that profile is always going to combos get, legit. Yeah, yeah it's going to get you somewhere. And now it's I mean, he's he's been a, he's just been better. He's been better. The ball skills have been better. So I had him wide receiver five behind him is my last guy wide receiver six. This is the first player I'm bringing up today that I have talked about on this show, but I, I kind of wanted to do a refresher on Troy Franklin, who was wide receiver six for me out of the summer. Another one of those guys, like you said, Trevor long leggy, he's six threes, one eighty seven. He's a very slender kind of guy. And with Franklin, you know what I liked so much about him out of the summer last year to have him as high as I did was the fact that he was really quick off the line of scrimmage. I thought he was explosive. I thought he played with really, really good leverage, especially in the red zone. He had good hand. He has good hands and he can build up speed with these long legged strides, but he also has some short area quicks. But what I've seen from him this year is now he is understanding how to change tempo in his routes where uh, you're like he's a talent, right? In 2022, he had 61 catches, 891 yards, and nine touchdowns. And this was all playing on the outside. He is not somebody that they have to throw in the slot and get all like these funky manufactured touches to him. He, he doesn't have to do that. This guy could be a true X wide receiver. And now with that reputation coming into this year, what I've noticed with him, there was one play, Colorado, they they play right up against him. Because you think slender guy, we got to get hands on him. We got to yeah. disrupt the route. Yeah, perfect shoulder dip release off the line of scrimmage. We're no just that short area, quick, quick step. I'm going to dip my shoulder. Sometimes having a smaller frame can have its benefits. I mean, he's really hard to it's a smaller strike zone. And I'm noticing corners having a tough time actually hitting that strike zone because he's using his quicks off the line. He beat that corner for a deep touchdown. And when you're looking at Franklin now because of that respect with that release package, when corners play off of him, he's understanding how to change his speed because he has a lot of speed for a big receiver. He has long strides. He can he can get vertical. He can just hit that easy gas and get over the top. But changing his speeds is allowing him to beat zone. And he's playing with a quarterback. Shout out to Bo Nix that has been around a long time and can play like a pro. He can he can anticipate. He can find the soft spot of zones. He can do the pro quarterbacking things that aren't always flashy, but can eat up defenses like kind of paper cutting them to death. So I just wanted to shout out Franklin because for me over summer, and I liked him a lot as wide receiver six, and mm -hmm. I just didn't see the same kind of love for him everywhere else. He felt like this guy that people were like, okay, he's long, he's fast, he's playing in the pack, he went over the top, but he's really skinny, he's going to get pressed. He 
And I literally wrote in my negative notes, still learning how to find the soft area of zone and not run into coverage. The number mm-hmm. one thing I've seen from him this year is changing tempo in his routes to avoid that. So this is a guy that clearly takes the coaching, clearly took to a critique, because I'm sure if I see it, the same guys at Oregon saw it, got in his ear. He's been phenomenal this season. He already has 25 catches, over 400 yards, five touchdowns, almost 17 yards per catch. Oregon with Bucky Irving, Troy Franklin, and Bo Nix. That program is absolutely cooking right now. What a time for the Pac-12 with some of these offenses, man. What what a curtain call for the Pac-12. I mean, what the hell? It's the golden era of the Pac-12. I I think I saw the Pac-12 conference like tweet out Oh no! Like Never it was, tweet. it was like a, it, it was like a list of like all of the top offenses or like how many teams were ranked or like the quarterbacks that they have in the conference, and it's like, why are you the way that you are? You know, and it's just how how is this happening that that next year we're not getting the Pac-12 coming off of what is one of their best years maybe over the last two decades? So, the Pac-12 could at some point of the 2024 NFL season have four rookie starting quarterbacks, right? I mean, that'd be... Yeah. I'm not saying week one. Right. Like, there is a time in the 2024 NFL season where Caleb, that's going to be week one, most likely. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be week one. Right. Penix and Shador are all starting for an NFL team. That's insane. Yeah. You're not wrong. It's insane. It's, and, it, and it's crazy that that conference couldn't figure it out. And now they're. And now they're expanding. Wild. Um, okay. So before I get to, well, oh, I wanted to say about Troy Franklin. I agree with you hundred percent. I feel like he's much more well-rounded uh, this year. Last year, I felt like he was just like a vertical dude. Like all he thought about no was, doubt. I, I got to get deep. Like that's how I'm going to win. I got to get deep. And I think that you're right. It was. I don't know if I, I mean, I wouldn't say that I noticed it, but now that you say it, it does kind of make sense. Just there wasn't tempo and there wasn't this, hey, okay, yeah, I'm running a nine route, but that doesn't necessarily mean because of the coverage I'm going up against, I need to be just going as fast as I possibly can. Maybe it's a little bit more of timing, you know, maybe we're hitting the honey hole in between cover two, you know, like whatever it is. I, I think that he has a little bit better of an understanding and I have seen some nice reps with him against press. I, um, I might like Tory Horton better than Tory Franklin, even. I mean, I, I called him my Cedric Tillman of this year, just, so I can't sit here and and clap back. Like, you know, I'm just just saying. I'm I don't know. Saying. They're both similar. Both I think pros. similar types of players, but like, I I don't know, man. I uh, I actually might. I, I think like, Tor- might I think Tory has more sandpaper to him. Is how I would put it. All right. What do you mean? <laughs> it's like there's just a little, there's a little extra. Um, grit and grind in his game, and I don't okay. say it sarcastically. Okay, I don't say it sarcastically. There's just right. a little more traffic. Like I'm gonna go in traffic. I'm I got stronger hands. I'm mm. gonna stiff arm. Troy Franklin is more. I'm going to get a, Troy Franklin's an air yards guy. I think that's yes. also what I'm looking for too. Yeah, not Chris Olave. I don't mean. But just, I think. But I think like Olave was a yards guy. That, like that's why I might like Horton a little bit more. Just because I yeah, see them both kind of the same, but maybe I might I might give that edge to Horton when it's all said. Which is gonna be a fun little back. I will wait to decide after the new year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Um, I got one more guy, and it's the FCS guy that I mentioned. But before we get there, 
We're back with another week of football this week. And DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on all the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw down $5 on any of this week's epic matchups and you walk away an instant winner. DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers, so even existing customers, can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now. Use the promo code PFF when you sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and get those 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with the promo code PFF. The crown is yours. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problems with gambling at 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sports, sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gambling resources as well. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility deposit restrictions do apply. All right, so the last guy that I want to bring to the table, see that FCS wide receiver, Hayden Hatton of the Idaho Vandals, all right? Redshirt senior, former tight end. Okay, he came to school as a tight end. Uh, I think he weighed like, he's, he's like six foot two. And he weighed like 215, 220, transitioned over from tight end to wide receiver very early on. I think that it was his freshman year for Idaho. And he's really been standing out. He was one of the best wide receivers in the FCS, certainly in our grading system that we had last year. He was absolutely setting that offense on fire. And then this year, a little bit lower of a grade. I mean, he's got a 79.5 receiving grade, but this dude's film is fun, man. He just, he's not going to totally out-athlete you, but you watch his film and you go, man, you're nuanced already. He's a redshirt senior, so you kind of want to okay. see that. But especially from the slot, man, if you give him these two-way goes, he will he will slightly be like let's say he's in the slot, left side of the line of scrimmage. He's got some, he's got a dude in off coverage in front of him. He will sprint and eat up that space immediately. So he knows to do that. He'll veer a little bit to the right and he'll threaten like he's going up the seam vertically. And the second that defender flips their hips to go even with him, boom, he will he will put one hand on him. He will swim, move over him, and he will hit an out route to the, to the sideline. He'll be wide open. Like it's that kind of nuance in his game and his route running that I really, really appreciate. He's also got some fantastic contested catch opportunities. I don't think he's going to be much of a burner because he's not much of a burner at the FCS level. So when he goes to the NFL, I don't think that's going to change there. But this is somebody who we we have seen FCS receivers get drafted throughout day three, I think over the last couple of drafts. You know, Andre Yosevis is, is one of the dudes that stands out, obviously, from Princeton last year. But that I, I think that this guy has a chance to really make a name for himself throughout the rest of the season and be one of those day three players. Anybody out there watch Idaho's offense. I got the just, film cranking right now, by the just, way, just, just go watch Hayden Haddon. If you can't search for his name on Twitter or on YouTube, go just watch how successful this guy is. And when you're running your mock draft simulations and you get into that day three area rounds, five, six, seven, whatever it is, if you need this big body type of wide receiver that you want to give a chance to, Haddon could be your guy. He he is. He he's a lot of fun, man. I, I I really enjoyed watching him and kind of looking up his background a little bit and seeing how savvy he already is for the position. 
Dude, he made a gnarly catch against Nevada. Yes. Gnarly catch. He I, I like him, man. I really do. Yeah. He, he is he is somebody who he might get lost in the shuffle, but I think the thing that is going for him will be instead of playing at a lower level FBS school and not really being able to stand out, he can he can really carry that title of this was the best receiver in the FCS. And I think that's something that might help his draft stock, help his ability to get on a team, you know, when it comes to uh, draft weekend and then obviously the ensuing training camp. So um, I like it, man. If you haven't gotten eyes on him yet, I know you say you're watching him a little bit there. Uh, yeah. I'd love, I'd love for you to watch him and get your thoughts too. I certainly will. And I know he's on that senior bowl radar as well. Jim Nagy uh, tweeted. This is Jim Nagy's one tweet about him from this month, about a week ago. All right. Uh, Hayden Haddon can catch the crap out of it. There it is. That's, that's it a is, good baby. compliment for Hayden. Couldn't Haddon. have said it better myself, Jim. Hopefully we'll see him in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. I love when the small school guys get a shot up there, especially when they're just carving it up at that level. And it looks like he is, man. It's um, God, it's it's overwhelming because we just did a show, right? We just did a wide receiver show for the 2024 NFL Draft. And we didn't talk about Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Buka, Malik Neighbors. I mean, we like millions of names. And we talked about 10 damn good wide receiver prospects. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of year. It, it, it is, and it is that kind of year. And, and honestly, this is a good transition into the little teaser for what's coming up next here on this podcast. But we're going to have a mock draft episode for you guys next week. We're debating on whether it's going to be on Monday or on Wednesday, I guess us saying it here at the end of the show, you guys can vote and voice your opinion because obviously like if it happens, if it, if we do it on Monday, we probably won't do what matters most on a Wednesday, unless you guys really want that. If you want the mock on Wednesday and then if you want us to do what matters most, or yeah, if, you yelling the the co- yeah. If, if you want the mock on Monday and then you want what's matters most, including the Monday night football games, I guess we could do that on, on Wednesday if you want, but all that to say, We'll talk about the big name wide receivers when we go through those major exercises, our top fives, our mock drafts, all those things. But this they, for this episode, we wanted to give you some sleepers. Yeah, this is it's the nuts and bolts of this show, right? I mean, this is what this show, this is what this land was built upon. Talking about FCS wide receivers. This is the rebar and concrete, brother. This is the foundation. <laughs> uh, that is exactly right. And that is what keeps... The NFL Stock Exchange Alive. Well, we finally watched Jamari Thrash, so everybody out there who commented on it, make sure you you better like and subscribe if you yeah, shout this out Jamari do Thrash for you. because we listen to you. But uh, let us know what you guys thought on uh, all the wide receivers that we brought up. If you got takes on them, if you've seen them, if you liked them, if you didn't like them, we would love to hear from you. And with this being a wide receiver-centric episode, Throw the names out there. We'd love to hear them. I've watched a shit ton of these guys already, but I'm going to be watching so many more as the season goes on because there's no doubt about it. It's an absolutely loaded class. Hit us up in the YouTube comments. That's the best way to do that. YouTube.com backslash at NFL Stock Exchange. If you're audio only at Tampa Bay Trey, at Connor J. Rogers on both Instagram and Twitter. Best way to do that. Uh, We already teased that the mock draft is coming up next week. You guys can determine in the comments and hitting us up on social whether you want it on Monday or Wednesday, it'll be the same times. You know, it'll be like the 930 release on Monday or the 930 release on Wednesday. But let us know if you want it on, if you want it on Monday, we'll do it on Monday. And then maybe we'll do what's matters most a little bit later in the week. Uh, Connor, anything else before we get out of here? 
I do. I have one shout out. Let's go. And I'm disappointed I didn't get to say it on what matters most, but I think I think the good fans of the Chargers deserve it. A quick shout out to Tully Tui Pelotu. Oh who, yeah. Who had a monster, monster game. And um, you know, we like to track the rookies on this show and and I didn't want to lose sight of that one as this week starts to already come to a close, which is just an insane thing to say. Do you have his data up right now? What is his? I know. I think he had 11 pressures. What? I, I want to make sure that I had that right. I do right, have. Now, okay. Now, now I'm pulling. Yeah, I mean, up. we almost have to do this, right? Nine pressures. Oh, wait, I got to hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got to set the filters correctly. I can't be lying to the good people. All right. Nine pressures. A s- Nine pressures in a sack. Yeah, I mean, he, he just went to banana land. Lord. It's, um, Pressure production, 23.7%. Let's, let's He's go. killing it. He's killing it. They got an Great absolute shot. steal. I want to give some love to Tully. Uh, the Chargers need that help on defense, and and he's at least they got one there for sure. Yeah, he was Great awesome. Great shout out. Love it. Love that you're getting that I'll close in there. with that. Makes, makes, uh, Thanks for a good note to uh, to get into the weekend. Hope you guys enjoy the weekend, whether it's college football or NFL. Enjoy it. We're going to be back with you on Monday, maybe for the bot draft, or maybe for what matters most. Maybe we'll just do a show on Hayden Hatton. <laughs> Who the hell knows? You decide in the comments get below. Jim Nagy on it. It'll just be an hour. Bot draft, what matters most? 60 minutes on Hayden Hatton. The choice is yours. I'm Trevor Sikkim, that's Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. See you on Monday.